Ciao, Cup, and welcome to another episode here for the Funk Report, Mindful Media and Communication. The space where we, as you know, delve into the nexus of media, messages, and the masses. And today, we are embarking on a digital odyssey to explore, well, the dynamic interplay of media, communication within the gaming sphere. And so this episode will decode how games are not just like virtual playgrounds, but also complex media platforms employing very sophisticated communication strategies. So ready your headsets and join me on this pixelated journey down the media and communication drive within the gaming industry. And so the interactive realm of gaming serves as a very nice, cool canvas where communication theories come alive. Okay, So like a dialogue, each game speaks through its environment, mechanics and narratives. So it's time to press start and, well, begin the exploration. I imagine a game as a, as a conversation, not just a series of quests and achievements, but as a complex exchange of, of ideas and emotions. Now, the media original theory, theory number one of the, of the day, posits that various communication channels offer different degrees of richness. Yeah, with richer channels, capable of transmitting more nuanced information. Video games, in, in this regard, are the epitome of, of rich media. They communicate not just through text or voice, but through a very intricate mix of graphics, sound, interactivity, and player agency. And the colors, the music, the pace, all are carefully crafted elements of communication designed to immerse you fully in a virtual experience. This richness eh, extends to how players interact with each other. Yeah, consider the last multiplayer game that you joined. Right? It wasn't just about the objectives. It was also about the interactions, the negotiations, and the relationships. Yeah, such interactions are guided by, next theory, the social presence theory. Yeah, this suggests that media differ in the degree of social presence that they offer. Yeah, or the feeling of being together with another. In, in an MMO, you, you could be like, questing with someone on, on, on the other side of the world, but the game design makes it feel like they're right there beside you. And the sense of presence and shared experience is what turns a group of players into a community. And well, what about the games that tell stories, that communicate themes and ideas as, as complex and no, as, as a novel or film? Yeah, the narrative theory, next one, coming in hot today, examines how stories are told and games have developed their unique narrative structures to engage players in storytelling. The games like The Last of Us don't just tell your story, they have you live it. They you know, make choices, face consequences. And the narrative is not just a, a one-way street, it's, it's an open world where players contribute to the story's unfolding and interactive form of communication that blurs the line between creator and consumer. Again, because your choices have consequences. And beyond the screen that lies this, in this vast network of communities, right? each with its own culture and communication style. Like Gaming communities are, are a fascinating example of, of virtual societies with their own norms, their own jargons, their own hierarchies. So these are spaces where Next theory, the social identity theory comes into play, illustrating how individuals define themselves by the groups that they associate with, like 
a Destiny clan or a, a League of Legends team isn't just isn't just a group of gamers. They're identities that provide like a sense of belonging and purpose. And well, the dynamics within these communities, right, they often reflect the principles of group communication, next theory. Whether it's like raiding dungeons or competing in esports, yeah, how information is shared, how like leaders emerge and how decisions are made are all shaped by the group's communication. Yeah, the effectiveness of, effectiveness of a raid in like World of Warcraft, for instance, often like hinges on the group's ability to communicate, yeah, delegate tasks and execute like a shared strategy. Yeah, the game becomes like a, a microcosm of group dynamics with each member playing a role in the communication network. And only if they communicate well, they will succeed. And those community managers, right, they are like, are like diplomats in those digital realms. They task with facilitating communication between the game's developers and the players. And their role is crucial in managing like feedback from the players, mediating conflicts, and maintaining engagement with the community, actually. Yeah, so they're like the bridge between the virtual and the real. Like it's often like, um, yeah, employ, they often employ like, next theory, strategic communication practices to deliver like messages, yeah, manage like crises if there's some negative, negative feedback and hopefully like foster like a positive community culture, okay? And these, these community managers, they're not just moderators. They're like the voice of the game to the players and the voice of the players to the game. So they're very, very important to have. And if you talk about the game, right, let's, let's dive into, into game marketing as well. And if you dive in there, you'll find like a battleground of, of media strategies, like just, just vying for attention of all the players worldwide, okay? The gaming industry has, has harnessed both traditional and digital media to create some of the, I want to say, most memorable marketing campaigns, like transmedia storytelling, next theory, like where a single story unfolds across multiple media platforms has found a natural ally in gaming. Okay, it's perfect. The, the Witcher series, for example, okay, for instance, like extends beyond the, the, the gaming roots into books, TV. It's like a, a multifaceted narrative, like a universe. I, I hate the term in this case, but because everyone, everyone uses it, but it's just so fitting, right? That the universe engages like fans across different media channels. And it's not about just setting a game, okay? So it's about creating an experience, like a brand, a, a community. So successful game marketing often leverages like integrated marketing communication, buzzword, IMC, um, and they use those principles to ensure consistency across all channels, okay? This approach was exemplified by, yeah, let's use a, fam use a famous one, like the launch of Overwatch by, by Blizzard, right? They crafted like this cohesive narrative across like animated shorts, what else? They had digital comics. Um, I wrote it down. They had interactive websites. And it all culminated in this experience that extended well beyond the game itself. So it's not just here's the game. It's like so many different media formats. Okay, that bring you to the game. And of course, there's also the power of like viral marketing gaming, right? Viral campaigns they rely on basic principles of. The fusion of innovation theory. Okay, next theory. Here we say that like early adopters and influencers, they play like a crucial role in, in like the widespread adoption of, of new games. For example, the, the, the explosive popularity of 
among us, right? Years after the initial release. So it didn't just become popular. It was released and then years after it, it, it just blew up, right? That was propelled by, by streamers and content creators who introduced the game to like this wider audience. So they showcased the potential of viral communication in our day and age, like this digital age, right? Okay, so enough of the base. Let's level up, okay? Let's level up to like a deeper understanding of communication models as they apply to the digital realm. Uh, so we're going to try to traverse our avatars, our controllers, with our controllers, right? The gaming world is not just a battleground of skills and wits. It's like a landscape ripe with like messages, like overt and covert, and they, they're ready to be decoded, okay? So as you can see, decoded, what am I going to talk about? If you're a media student, you know what I'm going to talk about. Encoding, decoding model by Stuart Hall. It's the, the base of all information, of all media and communication studies. Um, everyone learns it in the, the first intro to communication uh, theories class, but we have to talk about it, okay? And if you haven't heard, then welcome to the show, okay? So the encoding, encoding slash decoding model um, by Stuart Hall, okay? So every game developer like encodes the game with a specific meaning or message, okay? But once it's in the hand of the players, it's decoded through the player's personal lens. So the way you encode it, what you want to say with the game and what the player understands while playing the game don't necessarily need to be the same because you are different people. So you don't understand the world in the same way. That's basically encoding, decoding, like broken down, okay? So... I looked into the game called Journey, okay? It's encoded with the themes of like companionship and adventure. So each player decodes these themes based on personal experiences and making each playthrough like a very unique reflection of each individual who plays it. And this model is like very evident in games with like robust like modding communities, okay? Like when players modify Minecraft, yeah, they're actively like re-encoding the game to match their own visions and messages. It's like a dynamic conversation between the game's original coders and the end user. Like it's like a feedback loop that enriches the gaming experience and like broadens the OG narrative. Same with GTA. We've been waiting for GTA 6 forever, right? Forever. Hey, Rockstar Games. Um, but GTA 5, like what people doing with it and all the, the streamers doing with it and then the clips that come out of it, right? Transmedia storytelling and also, of course, like just using it for things that you've never thought of. The Sims, the same thing. How I saw so many students creating like educational videos with The Sims, for example. Like, it's like I can't simulate what I want to say, but I can do it with The Sims, for example. So yes, why not? Right, for, for architecture classes and, and stuff like this. So yes, do it. Fantastic, right? So everyone is decoding it in their own way and then encoding it again in, in their very own way. It's fantastic. And so this encoding, decoding process is also like at play in how games are localized for like different regions, for example, right? The way a game is received and interpreted can like can vary like greatly from culture to culture. Okay. Like localization teams not only translate the language, but also re-encode like cultural references to ensure that the game's message like resonates across borders. Because again, like for example, Thai culture where I'm at right now is different to my my local home culture of Germany, for very, very different, for example, right? So this, this careful re-encoding is a testament to, to the importance of considering diverse audiences in this communication process. And so that's very, very important. And that's just to throw a few more theories at you, right? Cultivation theory. 
we talked about it many a times on this podcast, that cultivation theory posits that long-term exposure to media content shapes our perceptions of reality. In gaming, the theory plays out in like subtle yet, yet I think very profound ways. Um, for players like engage in like persistent worlds like 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 multi multiplayer like like role plays, right? The game environment can cultivate like a perception of, of community, right? Community, economy, conflict resolution, all those things. And that may actually parallel like real life experiences. Games like the game I started with back in the day, SimCity. Rest in peace. Is it still around now, right? SimCity, SimCity was... I played so much SimCity. Oh, my God. SimCity or like farming simulators, right? It could, could cultivate like an appreciation for like urban planning or agriculture within the players. It could impact every time I, I walk or I drive through Bangkok. I'm like, didn't you play SimCity? <laughs> didn't you learn? <laughs> and so this could, could impact the player's like perception of, of real-world domains. And so the, the theory like sparks the question of what long-term perceptions are being cultivated by virtual worlds that gamers inhabit and how these perception actually influence the understanding of society and their place within like the real world okay how like this culti this cultivation process is, is of course not uniform right it's complex it's multifaceted like if you consider like different strategies that games use to to foster engagement they they cultivate problem solving skills strategic thinking empathy through like narrative and gameplay. A game with like strong narrative components, like Life is Strange, fantastic game by the way, can can cultivate like a deeper understanding of like very complex social issues and emotional intelligence while you play the game. Okay. Uh, another another one, <laughs> agenda setting theory. We talk about it so many times, right? Looks at it looks at like how media shapes the public's priorities. When we go to the gaming industry, this theory manifests in like how game developers, publishers, journalists, and so on, can influence the topics that gamers talk about and prioritize. GTA 6. <laughs> so the introduction of like social and political issues, right? And games can set like an agenda for like this cause within the community. Like for example, when Bioshock, some of you might remember, challenged players with like moral choices within like a, this dystopian society. It sets an agenda that encourages players to think about philosophy, governance, personal morality, Which choices do you make? Okay. Or similarly, when, when the gaming press highlights is, issues like representation and diversity in, in their reviews and, and articles, like they're setting like an agenda that influences the industry's focus and direction. So it's not just the game itself. Okay. It's crazy what else is related to it. And of course, the, the industry itself, the gaming industry itself can set like an agenda by deciding which games to develop and to promote. Like when a company chooses to invest in, in games with Environmental themes like Beyond Blue, for example, right? It sets an agenda that highlights like ecological awareness and conservation efforts, which is cool. It could potentially impact the values and beliefs of the audience, if there's an audience. And so you can see, you can either see or listen, probably like hear how excited I am about this topic because I think like gaming is, it's it's of course huge. It's a huge industry, but it's still like misunderstood and or not not well perceived in a way or like the impact that games have aren't taken as serious as they should be by the people should take it serious if that makes sense okay so let me let me conclude and I, without going on more tangents but i just think like more communication theorists media specialists and so on should look into gaming because gaming has just has such a huge impact on society 
So, but let me conclude the today's journey, okay? So this, this multifaceted world of, of media theories and gaming. So I hope you, you gained like a bit of a more richer understanding of how games are more than just, just playthings, okay? They're like a powerful media coded with messages, shaped by cultures and engaged in like constant dialogue with the players. And that's why games are just so important for communication within society and to shape society. So let me know what games you play, what games have you made go, wow, that was deep, or what games reshaped your view of society and so on. Um, let me know, social media, funkitpod at funkitpod, email funkitpod at gmail.com. Like, share, subscribe, it would be cool. Leave a comment, it would be fantastic. Go play some games, and as always, stay safe, take care. We talk soon. Sunny cup. <laughs>